The following program is furnished by the Truth About Your Future, LLC. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station. This information is education and not financial advice. Consult a financial advisor before investing. The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman is brought to you by Bitwise, the world's largest crypto index fund manager. And by Global X ETFs, dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions. And by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100. And by Edelman Financial Engines. Rick Edelman is a board member, consultant, shareholder, and client of EFE. But EFE is unaffiliated and has no say over the content of the truth about your future with Rick Edelman. This is where technology, innovation, and personal finance come together. This is the truth about your future with Rick Edelman. And now your host, Rick Edelman. And a very happy weekend to you. I'm Rick Edelman. Here's what's happening on the show today. Did your stimulus check really help? A shocking story for you about corporate auditors, prices, and inflation. The latest in the crypto market national shortage of lifeguards and this week's health and wellness segment by my wife Jean Edelman. Welcome to the truth about your future but let's talk about the present consumer sentiment is now at the lowest point on record 50 on a scale of one to a hundred that's the lowest since they've been recording the data since 1952 oh my goodness and 75 percent of fortune 500 CEOs believe a recession is inevitable the top threats they say 24% blame it on talent shortage. They can't grow their businesses because they can't find the workers. 21% say the big threat is inflation. 15% say geopolitics. I think that's code for Russia. And 13% blame it on cybersecurity. That, to me, is perhaps the most worrisome of all. Just to illustrate for you that talent shortage that they mentioned being a problem, let me just give you one almost silly. It's not really silly, but in the scheme of things, I guess we have to put it that way. A national shortage of lifeguards. Only 12% of the nation's pools and beaches are fully staffed for the summer. Austin has 462 lifeguards. That's a lot, but it's only two-thirds of what they need. So they've opened only half of the city's pools this year. New Orleans pools are open for only two days a week instead of the typical five or six. And in New York City, they've canceled their aquatic programs, including free swimming lessons. Philadelphia is opening only 50 of its 63 pools, and even then, on a rolling basis. That's lifeguards. This isn't in a for-profit enterprise in most cases. These are public facilities, pools and beaches. Imagine, if you can't even get workers for that, imagine businesses trying to find workers to run their operations. This is a real problem. Related to all of this, the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, says unacceptably high prices, that's her phrase, not mine, will last for the rest of the year. She said, quote, we've had high inflation so far this year, and we're going to have higher inflation for the rest of the year. Inflation was 9% in June. If inflation is only 4% in October, does that mean prices are lower? No, means they're higher yet. This is year over year. In other words, just because inflation comes down doesn't mean that prices are as low as they were a year ago. Don't get too excited even if they say the rate of inflation is dropping. Inflation is bad, and it's not going to get any better anytime soon. 
One big question that a lot of folks are asking these days is all about oil prices, gasoline prices. And the big issue is, well, look, if it's a supply-demand issue and clearly high oil prices are resulting in high gasoline prices, well, that's simply because we have so many people wanting to buy gasoline. There's not enough gas to go around, and that's causing high prices, right? Supply and demand. So why don't they just pump more oil? That's the question so many people are asking. Well, here's the answer. You can't. I mean, it's just not that simple. You see, during the embargo, during the lockdowns, during the COVID crisis, companies shut down the wells. They laid off thousands of workers during the pandemic. Now we realize we're out of all that. Let's get everybody back to work. Well, starting a rig can take eight months, and that assumes there's no supply chain shortage. And Wall Street is telling all of these big oil companies not to spend money doing that. Don't use money to put it into new oil production. Take all the money you've got and use it to pay dividends. That's what shareholders want to see. Even if we got more oil production tomorrow, it can't be turned into gasoline terribly quickly. And that's because we don't have enough oil refineries. Since 2019, we've lost 5% of our refining capacity. That's more than a million barrels a day. Few new refineries have been built in the last several decades, and none are planned right now. And President Biden has little ability to do anything about it. I, I'm not suggesting criticism, good or bad, on President Biden. It's just any president really is limited in their ability. I mean, Biden, he's criticized the CEOs of oil companies. He began releasing a million barrels a day from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve. He's talking about suspending the federal gas tax of 18 cents a gallon. But none of that is going to have any impact for months or even years. Meanwhile, the oil companies are posting record profits, but they don't control oil prices. ExxonMobil made $23 billion last year. The year before that, they lost $23 billion. So the oil companies are victimized by the oil market as much as everybody else. The only question is, what do they do with their profits? Do they plow their profits into capacity, production, or do they take their profits and pay them out as dividends to their shareholders? It's the latter that they're doing because that's what the shareholders are demanding. And so here we are with the mess that we're in. No quick fix anytime soon. You're probably struggling in this economic environment. Everybody is with this radically high rate of inflation and high interest rates going along with it. Odds are pretty good your paycheck has not risen at the same rate of inflation. And as a result, you're seeing it more expensive to buy just about everything. Food, gasoline, cost of education, health care, you name it, the prices are higher. Wouldn't it be great if you were earning a lot more money than you are, say a quarter of a million dollars? Well, new research has just come out and 30% of Americans who are earning a quarter of a million dollars or more, they're living paycheck to paycheck, just like maybe you. 13% of Americans who are earning a quarter of a million dollars or more, 13% of them have a below average credit score. In other words, it's our own personal behavior that has to be the focus here. Just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean that you're going to be doing well financially. People often tend to spend up to their incomes. Think about it. 
oh, sure, somebody with a quarter of a million dollars is probably living in a really nice house, driving a really nice car, taking really great vacations, lots of jewelry and wonderful clothing and big screen TVs, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, if they're spending as much as they're earning, then they're going to be just as broke as if they were doing the very same with a $50,000 income instead of a $250,000 income. The key is to spend below your income level. Live below your means. Otherwise, you'll just be as broke with just as much financial stress and pressure and greater likelihood of financial chaos because it's a whole lot easier to lose a job at a quarter of a million than it is to lose a job at 50000 So we need to recognize in the midst of everything going on, it's our own personal behavior that we really have to pay attention to. And if all you want to get out of this mess is, oh, let the government solve it for me, why don't I just get more stimulus checks? Well, new research has just shown that of the trillion dollars in stimulus checks that were sent to U.S. households during the pandemic, it had no lasting impact on anybody's financial well-being. And in some cases, it actually increased their feelings of distress. This research comes from Harvard. They surveyed 5,000 people living in poverty. What they discovered is that two weeks after getting the money, these folks had higher bank balances. But within a month, the bank balances fell back to prior levels. And the recipients also did more poorly on financial, psychological, and health measures. In other words, getting the money was nothing other than a quick fix. Kind of makes you think of like somebody with a drug habit. They might think they're feeling better for a little while, but in fact... It's not doing them any long-term good and actually causing long-term harm. You think maybe the government will think twice the next time they're ready to throw trillions of dollars at households across the country? And then there are corporate auditors. As we're trying to deal with all this situation, we really rely on our corporate auditors to make sure that our big corporations are dealing with us honestly that they're telling us the truth about how much money they're earning and how much money they're spending. These corporate auditors are CPAs, and they verify the accuracy of corporate financial statements. And they issue warnings to investors if they find problems. Auditors have to take a robust exam to get their CPA license. They have to take annual exams to keep their licenses, to prove that they're knowledgeable and up to speed on the latest laws and regulations. For the past five years, hundreds of auditors at Ernst & Young cheated on an exam. And the firm is now paying $100 million in fines. The exam that these hundreds of auditors cheated on? An ethics exam. I'm Rick Edelman. This is the truth about your future. Is your retirement withdrawal strategy built for a looming recession? Do you know which accounts you should draw from first? What are common pitfalls? How can you minimize your tax bite? Join Edelman Financial Engines on Tuesday, August 16th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern for our timely virtual event, Recession and Your Retirement Withdrawal Strategy. You can register for free at planefe.com rick. We'll look at financial pitfalls to avoid and how to help make sure your financial plan is built to last. Whether it's sequence of withdrawals, when to start taking Social Security, or staying diversified, We'll help you understand the steps you can take to make sure your financial plan can work for you. Don't miss this important virtual event. Join us for Recession and Your Retirement Withdrawal Strategy on Tuesday, August 16th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. There's no cost to attend and no obligation. 
Register now at planefe.com slash rick. That's planefe.com slash rick. Edelman Financial Engines. From here forward. Allow us to introduce you to Sabrina, an ordinary person who helped shape the future by putting her money behind the right ideas. Each morning, Sabrina enjoys a 20-mile bike ride and meditation that brings her serenity for the day to come. Sabrina is also accessing the companies that are revolutionizing the tech world by investing in Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you access to innovators of the NASDAQ 100, which goes to show you don't have to be an integrated circuit engineer to help push progress forward. Become an agent of innovation. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETFs risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit Invesco.com for a prospectus with this information. Read it carefully before investing. Thanks for being with me here on The Truth About Your Future. Have you signed up for my new master class yet? Financial Planning in the Age of Longevity. It's online, it's free, and it debuts Wednesday. Sign up now. You'll discover why, if you're alive in 2030, you'll likely live to age 100 and beyond. Will your money last as long as you do? My new master class teaches you how to handle college and career, homeownership, long-term care, estate planning, and of course, your investment strategy. Register now for free at thetruthayf.com. That's thetruthayf.com. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future. I'm happy to bring on to the program Kim Callanan. She is president and CEO of Compassion and Choices. As we are dealing with our issues of aging, we have to contemplate the fact that at some point, uh, we're going to be dealing with end-of-life decisions. And that is what Kim's organization, Compassion and Choices, is all about. Kim, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Rick. It is just a pleasure to be here today. Well, I think we all hope that we will simply live a wonderfully long, healthy life and then die peacefully in our sleep. But very often, increasingly, people are incurring medical conditions that have us engaged in a downward spiral that can last years even a decade or more, uh, from any one of a number of medical conditions, from Alzheimer's and dementia to ALS to diabetes and heart conditions, etc. People who are facing incredibly challenging set of circumstances of a very slow, long, prolonged, and very painful experience. That's exactly right. So we do everything from seeking to educate people about their available options, as well as change the way medicine is delivered at the end of care. And we look to improve laws both at the federal and the state level so that people have greater options and we can really create patient-directed end-of-life care. Now, this is a very controversial conversation for many people. So talk about how you respond to the concerns that people naturally raise about whether it is appropriate for us to be having conversation about altering nature's course? That's a really great question, Rick. 
While the issue is controversial among some, really seven out of 10 people support the option of medical aid in dying. And this is when a terminally ill person who is mentally capable and has a prognosis of six months or less to live, which means they're eligible for hospice care, um, is able to request and receive a prescription from their doctor that allows them to end their suffering if, if it becomes too great. And it quite simply is really bodily autonomy at the end of life. We have widespread support, seven out of 10 people support it across all demographic groups. So it's really not controversial per se. However, unfortunately, it's controversial among the grass tops leaders, and that makes it difficult for us to get past in states. But fortunately, we're seeing a tremendous amount of momentum, and there are now 10 states in Washington, D.C. that have the option of medical aid and dying. Elaborate on what that phrase really means, medical aid in dying. Is this the same as assisted suicide? Is this similar to what Kevorkian was engaged in back in the 70s? So we distinction between medical aid in dying and assisted suicide because with medical aid in dying, it is the patient who is in charge of the process from start to finish. They're the ones who are requesting the medication. They are the ones who um, have to be able to take the medication in some way, either orally or or by um, pushing a plunger, Um, but they're in charge of the process from start to finish. So it's not a doctor-centric process. It is a patient-centric process. You recently won a groundbreaking lawsuit in Oregon. Talk about that lawsuit and what that case was all about and the implication for everybody. Absolutely. So currently, there is not a constitutional right to medical aid in dying. And Oregon was the first state to pass um, an initiative back in 1994. One of the elements of that law is that there is a residency requirement in place. So you have to be a resident of Oregon in order to be able to access the option of medical aid in dying. Ultimately, the Oregon Attorney General agreed to a settlement, and now they are issuing directives to halt the enforcement of the residency requirement within the law. Does that mean that anybody who wants to be able to take advantage of this can simply fly to Oregon without having legal residency there? They can take advantage of this law? It does mean that non-Oregon residents can now take advantage of the law um, in a much simpler way without being a resident. However, it is a 13-step multi-process to get through the law. So somebody who wants that option needs to plan in advance. If you get a terminal diagnosis and you're at the very end of your life, it will be difficult for you to be able to get through all 13 steps if you haven't really given this thought in advance. So it generally speaking takes people roughly 45 days to get through the process, but it can take longer. It can take four months if you don't already have a relationship established with your doctor, because the law does require for you to be treated by a doctor who is responsible for your care. Um, You know, they're not looking for um, people just to sort of fly in um, to give death care. They want people to get the full breath of end of life care. And does that mean you would need to expect to spend those 45 days or three or four months in Oregon? Yeah, you're probably going to be in Oregon for four to six weeks at the end of your life. You know, this is a very difficult, uncomfortable conversation. Our healthcare system has gotten really pretty good at keeping people alive, equally artificially. You know, 
tubes and you know that you're tied up to and machines in the hospital uh, artificial respirators and so on and we really need to put this into proper context just because you can be kept alive by our healthcare system does that mean you truly want to be and if not what do you want to do about it and i think this is the premise of the work that you're doing at compassion and choice Yeah, that's exactly right. And you just look at the statistics and the data around the number of people, for example, who die from dementia now. Um, The most recent study has one out of every two people dying with or from dementia. Well, if you look back years ago, decades ago at the national statistics, people didn't die with or from dementia at the same rate. They were dying of heart attacks. Actually, diarrhea, I think, was number seven in like the 50s. They died from pneumonia. They died from other kinds of diseases. But we've gotten really, really good at curing them. And so what happens now is people get to the end of their life and we keep them on medication for their diabetes and for their heart disease and for all kinds of other things. And for some people, they have a great quality of life and it's wonderful. So those are life-saving medications that also improve the quality of your life. But often you hit a point And those medications are no longer improving the quality of your life. And there are other decisions you can make to withdraw treatment. So even if you don't want to take the proactive state of choosing the option of medical aid and dying, people should be contemplating and thinking about other options they might want to take and what does quality of life mean to you. In other words, if you're a cancer patient, you may decide to stop treatment. That's not the same as accelerating your death or a medically assisted process. This is simply a decision of stopping treatment because the treatment itself can be so draconian. So this is the kinds of questions and the kind of evaluations you need to make for yourself if you're the patient and to talk about with family members who may themselves be dealing with these issues. And I would encourage you to learn more about all of this and by visiting the website at Compassion and Choices and tell us, Kim, exactly how people can reach you. So our website address is www.compassionandchoices.org and it is chock full of information about all available end-of-life options that are legal as well as all kinds of information to help you plan for your own end-of-life experience. That's Kim Kellanan, the CEO and president of Compassion and Choices. Thanks so much, Kim, for joining us on the show today. Thanks so much, Rick. I appreciate being here. A lot more to come. Stay with us for more on the truth about your future. Need help managing the complexity of income needs in retirement? Meet Schwab Intelligent Income, a simple, modern way to pay yourself from your portfolio. Tell them how much you need and how long you need it to last. They'll estimate how much you can spend. Plus, you can start, stop, or adjust payments anytime without penalty. And with Schwab Intelligent Portfolios, you won't pay an advisory fee. Visit schwab.com slash intelligent income to learn more about their modern approach to wealth management. The Truth About Your Future is sponsored by Global X ETFs. Exponential technologies are transforming the world around us and creating new investment opportunities along the way. But where to start? At Global X, we have spent more than a decade focusing on long-term emerging trends, what we call thematic growth. While many of these disruptions are now part of our daily lives, like fintech and telemedicine, others are making their impact felt behind the scenes, or perhaps under the hood. Think of the lithium batteries that power electric vehicles, the rise of hydrogen fuel cells, or renewables like solar and wind, which are becoming increasingly cost-competitive. 
All of these themes represent vital components of a next-generation green energy economy that is more reliant on innovation and less dependent on fossil fuels. Learn how you can add these and other green investment themes to your portfolio at GlobalXETFs.com or ask your financial advisor. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman, sponsored by Choice. Choice is changing the way Americans save for retirement by making it possible to invest in Bitcoin, crypto, and other alternative assets inside your IRA. That's right. Whether you open a deductible or a Roth IRA with Choice, you can invest in Bitcoin and 22 other digital assets in your retirement account. You can also buy stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, gold, real estate, and more, all in a single retirement account. There's no hidden fees or account minimums, just more control over your retirement savings. And Choice makes it ridiculously easy to combine all of your old retirement accounts with a rollover concierge service. So if you've switched jobs in the last few years and have been putting off rolling over your old 401k, make sure you check out Choice. Head on over to retirewithchoice.com slash Rick. That's retirewithchoice.com slash Rick. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future. I'm very happy to welcome back onto the program my good friend Matt Hogan, the Chief Investment Officer of Bitwise Asset Management. Matt's a frequent guest on the show, and for good reason. He's one of the world's leading experts on crypto, on ETFs, on financial technology. He's author of Crypto Assets, The Guide to Bitcoin, Blockchain, and Cryptocurrencies for Professional Investors. Matt, great to have you with us here today. Thanks for having me back, Rick. I'm excited to be here. A lot of investors have bought Bitcoin and other digital assets, as you know. Uh, have you seen attitudes shifting among investors? What I'm hearing from professional investors, financial advisors, family offices, institutions, their interest in crypto is actually higher than it's ever been before. It's important to remember, Rick, that most people and most institutions are still not invested in crypto, have never invested in crypto. So for them, this is an opportunity to get in at prices that many thought we would never see before. What I find is that this is really not a whole lot different than the stock market. We've seen stock market crashes from time to time. We saw in 2001, 2008, the pandemic in 2020. Uh, we saw it again. And investors always lament that they missed the opportunity to enjoy the big profits of the last bull market. And so when the prices collapse, they recognize, wow, what a new opportunity, you know, to me to get in. Uh, and they take full advantage of that fact. I think that same sentiment, that same attitude and approach is what you've got to do with crypto. It's really no different. I remember back in 2018, as you well do as well, when uh, in 2017, prices skyrocketed. Bitcoin hit $20,000. And then within a year, an 84% collapse. Prices went from 20000 to 3000 Well, that was an incredible buying opportunity, and everybody was thrilled because they missed out. Prices were at twenty grand, and they missed it. Well, when they fell to three, here's a chance to get back in. That's kind of where we are right now, isn't it? No, that's exactly right. I often tell people at those peak moments when they come to me and say, well, it's up so much, how much, you know, how can I buy at this point? I tell them to write down a number at which they would buy. And if you did that when Bitcoin was at $68,000, you probably wrote down a number that's higher than Bitcoin is trading at today. The lesson from 2018, the lesson from 2014, the lesson from those other 70% pullbacks is unless something fundamental has changed in crypto, 
unless it's not the fastest way to move money around the world, unless it's not a technology that lets you program money like you're programming software, unless it's not a technology that creates digital property rights, unless something fundamental has broken, then that is an interesting time to enter the market. I think nothing fundamental has broken in crypto. I actually think the technology is getting better at an exponential rate. And so I'm very excited about the next cycle, even as we go through this difficult bear market. Well, I'm glad that you've raised that, Matt, because that really is the fundamental question here. I'd like you to elaborate on it. Just from a fundamental technology, just from the development of this innovation, is this over? Is this now antiquated? Is it a has-been? Or is there something yet to be excited about that would suggest this remains a viable investment opportunity? It's, it's definitely the latter, Rick. Look, the, the key to investing in disruptive innovation, as you know, is you need three things. New technology that matters. You need money and you need talent. And when you look at crypto today, it has a new technology that matters. Blockchains are one of the most fundamental advances in technology that I've seen in my lifetime. It's had record venture capital activity and it has record numbers of developers working in this space. You put those together into a stew and you get major new applications. If you look at the history of crypto since it was founded in the first time, it goes through these big bull market runs when you find products that people wanna use. The first big bull market run was the creation of Bitcoin itself. People were excited for a non-sovereign currency. The next big bull market run was the creation of Ethereum. People were excited about the idea of a programmable blockchain, the ability to program money. This most recent run, we actually saw three major products hit. We saw stable coins go to hundreds of billions of dollars. We saw NFTs emerge into the market and we saw the birth of DeFi. As I look ahead to what will be the catalyst of the next bull run, I see a huge number of potential products that will change the game. I think stable coins will become a trillion dollar market. I think blockchain gaming will be big. I think we'll see a boom in Web3. I think we'll see institutional regulated DeFi start to disrupt the traditional financial services market. I think we'll see things like digital identity. I think you're going to see not one, not two, not three, but 10 or 12 or 15 major product breakthroughs where people are using blockchain in novel ways that impacts people's everyday lives. And that's what we've seen each, each cycle. And the next cycle, in my view, is likely to be much, much bigger than the past. I can just imagine what some folks are saying. If all of that is true, and by the way, Matt's right, all of that is true, what's it going to take for prices to then go back up to where they were and even beyond? What's it going to take? Yeah, I think it's going to take some combination of a few things. Crypto was over leveraged. That has to sort of play its course. We may have reached the end of that now, but it's a little bit too early to say. I think you'll also need to see a stabilization in the macro environment. Maybe we're getting there, but there may be more shoes to drop. And you'll need to see a little bit of regulatory clear up. What I think that translates into, Rick, is that the next six, nine months will be choppy and maybe sideways. And then as we get into the new year, you'll see us work off those excesses and start to build on this next wave of excitement. So those are the criteria, ending the deleveraging process, a little bit of regulatory progress. We are going to get there, but it, it could be a little bit choppy until we do. And I think the big issue is that this really isn't a crypto conversation. This is a global economic 
conversation. You know, we are you know caught up in what's happening on a global scale with the stock market, the bond market, interest rates, inflation, Putin and Ukraine, uh, threats out of North Korea, the pandemic continuing to bug us literally, uh, and and so on. So yeah, I think long term you're correct, and uh, we're not there yet, which means. This is the time to buy because if people wait until we get there, they end up with a regret that they didn't buy sooner. That, that's what I find just so frustrating on an ongoing basis. I've been seeing this for the last 40 years. Investors love to buy high and sell low, uh, and they swear they're never going to do that again. Uh, and yet here we are with a low environment, not just crypto. Stocks are low. Bonds are low. And people are continuing to sit on the sidelines. So we have to overcome that investor inertia. We have to overcome the tendency to do things at the wrong time for the wrong reason. And until we get past that, we're going to see this continuing sluggishness in the marketplace. Smart investors are going to recognize the opportunity that it is. But as I mentioned investors, Matt, it's not just individual investors. It's also their advisors. Crypto is new for everybody. You know, an investor can go to an advisor and get help with taxes and college planning and retirement planning, estate planning, investment management. Their advisor will have a whole lot of experience that the investor doesn't have because the advisor has been doing this for a really long time and having access to incredible history and, and information. But when it comes to crypto, everybody's new at this. So advisors are struggling just as much as investors are to understand what all of this is about. And that's why you and I have been spending an awful lot of time helping advisors gain the knowledge that they need. Talk about the resources that Bitwise has made available for advisors that can help them generate the knowledge and information they need to be able to guide their clients through this economic environment. A few things I'd point people to, you mentioned at the top of this program, that CFA guide to Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrencies, I think is a great piece of foundational research. You can get it by Googling CFA guide to crypto. It's Bitwise. You can sign up. We'll, we'll send you a monthly investor letter where I give you my views on the market. Just drop your email into the sign-up form on our space. And of course, we'll, we can add additional materials there. There's also an insights page on the Bitwise Investments Research, where you can find all the things that my research team is thinking about as we address this interesting, complex, volatile market. Uh, so those are some of the resources I would point people to, Rick. And it's all available at Bitwise investments.com available to you all of it for free as well and i encourage you to take advantage of it there's so much crypto curiosity people really interested in wondering what all this is about and as matt said this is a wonderful opportunity for you to get the knowledge you need so you can make investment decisions that are informed and in your best interest well that's matt hogan the chief investment officer of bitwise asset management here on the truth about your future and if you've got no other message than this this is the buying opportunity for crypto that you wish you got in on over the last couple of years. Matt Hogan, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks, Rick. Once again, if you want to learn more about the information that they make available, just go to bitwiseinvestments.com. I'm Rick Edelman. This is the truth about your future. Allow us to introduce you to Tom, an ordinary person who helped shape the future by putting his money behind the right ideas. 
Tom enjoys tending to his tomato garden and is currently developing the perfect blend for his homemade spaghetti sauce. Tom is also accessing companies that help change the course of the aerospace industry by investing in Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you access to innovators of the NASDAQ 100, which goes to show you don't have to be a rocket scientist to help push progress forward. Become an agent of innovation. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETFs' risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit Invesco.com for a prospectus with this information. Read it carefully before investing. This message is brought to you by Charles Schwab. No matter what tomorrow brings, some things won't change, like Schwab's commitment to see the world through clients' eyes. That commitment is why Schwab is always here for clients with clear guidance and committed service to help maintain focus on achieving long-term goals. So whatever happens today, Schwab remains invested in you. Visit schwab.com to learn how Schwab is ready to help. Is your retirement withdrawal strategy built for a looming recession? Do you know which accounts you should draw from first? What are common pitfalls? How can you minimize your tax bite? Join Edelman Financial Engines on Tuesday, August 16th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern for our timely virtual event, Recession and Your Retirement Withdrawal Strategy. You can register for free at planefe.com rick. We'll look at financial pitfalls to avoid and how to help make sure your financial plan is built to last. Whether it's sequence of withdrawals, when to start taking Social Security, or staying diversified, we'll help you understand the steps you can take to make sure your financial plan can work for you. Don't miss this important virtual event. Join us for Recession and Your Retirement Withdrawal Strategy on Tuesday, August 16th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. There's no cost to attend and no obligation. Register now at planefe.com rick. That's planefe.com rick. Edelman Financial Engines. From here forward. Welcome back. The truth about your future continues. Social Security is clearly in your future. And that means you need to understand how Social Security works. Unfortunately, I have a feeling you don't. Mass Mutual just offered a quiz on Social Security. 13 true or false questions. Just 13 of them. They're just true, false. And 65% of those who took this quiz got a D or an F. Oh, my goodness. Only 1% got a perfect score. And yes, of course, as you would expect and hope, I got a perfect score when I took this quiz. Let's see if you can do the very same. We're going to go through the quiz right here, right now. So let's see how you do. Question number one. In most cases, my benefits will be reduced if I start before my full retirement age. True or false? That's true. You can begin to receive Social Security as early as age 62, but you'll get less than if you wait. Number two, if I'm receiving benefits before my full retirement age and I continue to work, my benefits might be reduced based on how much money I earn. True or false? It's true. The Social Security Administration takes the attitude that if you're making a lot of money from a job, then you ought to be taxed on your Social Security benefits. So be careful about taking Social Security if you're still working. Number three, 
If I have a spouse, they can receive benefits based on my record if they've never worked. True or false? It's true. It's called a spousal benefit and acknowledges that a lot of stay-at-home spouses raising children and caring for the household shouldn't be denied Social Security merely because they never earned an income. Number four, if my spouse passes away, I'll get both my full benefit and their full benefit. True or false? It's false. You either get your benefit or your spouse's, whichever's higher, but not both. Number five, generally, Social Security retirement benefits are different for those in same-sex marriages. True or false? The answer is false. The government does not differentiate based on sexuality or gender. Number six, the money I pay into Social Security goes into a specific account for me and stays there until I begin to receive Social Security benefits. True or false? It's false. All the money that goes into Social Security goes into one big bucket. There is no special or separate account just for you. Number seven, under current law, Social Security benefits could be reduced 20% or more for everybody within 10 years. Is that true or false? It's true. The Social Security Trust Fund is being depleted, and when it's gone by about 2032, everybody's benefits are going to get cut 20 to 25 percent. Number eight, if I have dependent children 18 years of age or younger, they may also qualify for Social Security benefits. True or false? It's true. If you are taking your benefits in retirement and you've got minor children, they can qualify for Social Security, too, until they get age of adulthood. Number nine, if I get divorced, I might be able to collect Social Security benefits based on my ex's earnings. True or false? It's true. You don't have to still be married in order to get benefits based on your ex. Number 10. Under current law, full retirement age is 65. Doesn't matter when you were born. True or false? That's false. You might have to be in your 66th year in order to be deemed full retirement age. Number 11. If I delay taking Social Security benefits past age 70, my ultimate benefits will rise every year that I wait. True or false? It's false. Your benefits will increase every year from 62 to 70, but after age 70, the benefit is locked in. So there's no reason to delay taking your Social Security past age 70. If you're 70 or older, make sure you're getting your Social Security. Number 12, Social Security benefits are subject to income tax, just like withdrawals from an IRA. True or false? It's false. They are not taxed the same. And finally, number 13. I must be a U.S. citizen to collect Social Security retirement benefits. True or false? The answer is false. It's not a matter of whether you're a U.S. citizen. It's a matter of whether you've paid into the Social Security system. So how did you do? Two-thirds of all Americans failed that test. Only 1% got every question correct. If you didn't get a lot of those answers right you need to talk with a financial advisor in your 50s so that you can understand how much you can reasonably expect to get from Social Security in order to get the maximum. Because when you start to collect, we'll make that determination. And if you're married, the implications for your spouse are substantial. 
So make sure you're talking with a financial advisor now, well before you reach Social Security age. The advisors at Edelman Financial Engines can be very helpful. Just reach out to them at planefe.com slash Rick. Time now for everybody's favorite segment of the program, Visit by My Wife, Jean Edelman. Jean is a student of the healing arts, Reiki, traditional Chinese medicine, homeopathy, acupuncture, and of course, macrobiotic and plant-based cooking. Here's Jean. Great to be with you. It is the month of August, and August is our self-care month. I hope that you've been practicing some small changes, and we will continue our discussion. So today... I want to just fine-tune a little bit about our breath. We've talked about it a lot, I know. And you're like, oh, I breathe every day. But are we doing nice, deep breaths a few times during the day? I know we're not going to be conscious of it all the time, but can we take some breaths during the day? This vessel, our body, it is truly a miracle, Did you know that our skin regenerates every 24 hours? That our intestinal tissue regenerates every 21 days? Our blood changes every 90 to 120 days. Our bones change every one to four years. Muscles change every six to 18 months. And our total body every seven years. So what we are feeding ourselves, what we are exposing ourselves to, these small changes, if they are in a positive direction, they will make a difference. And so our breath is so important to that because we are oxygenating our cells, our metabolism, our brain function, very, very critical with good breath. So maybe just take a minute before one of your meetings, just sit with your feet on the floor, grounded, and just close your eyes and take a couple of deep breaths. Maybe just go for a nice walk, just you, no electronics, and breathe in and out each step. The goal is to reset and restore ourselves. So the action item is Maybe go find a Qigong or yoga class. We've talked about that. Go online and find something that's of interest to you. Make a date every week to walk with a friend. Walk at your lunch break. Finding this opportunity for breath and movement is so important to our long-term health. And so in this month of August, this month of self-care, let's try some different opportunities to get that good, deep breath in. And so my word of the week is walk. The W is for warm. When we move, we warm up our body. We give it fluid. We give it fluidity. We give it oxygen to ourselves. The A is for affirm, to declare and take control of our health. We got this. We can make small changes that will add up to good health in our later years. So move, so walk, change our health. We are in control. The L is for limber. When we give our body movement and we move our energy around, we release stagnation. That's just the aches and the pains and all of that. If you find an ache and pain, get out and move. We will amaze ourselves how great we feel after a good walk. 
And the K is for kit, for our self-care toolkit. We need this kit every day. We need to add to it and we need to pull from it. We need it for our mental health. We need it for our overall health. We are in charge of ourselves. We are in charge of our health and it will add up over time. If you have good health now, we need to do whatever we can to keep it that way. And we have the power to keep it that way. So get outside, get moving, get breathing, and keep adding to your self-care kit and have a wonderful week. If you're enjoying Jean's words of the week, you can get a list of them and all of her segments at thetruthayf.com. The Truth About Your Future is sponsored by Global X ETFs. Exponential technologies are transforming the world around us and creating new investment opportunities along the way. But where to start? At Global X, we have spent more than a decade focusing on long-term emerging trends, what we call thematic growth. While many of these disruptions are now part of our daily lives, like fintech and telemedicine, others are making their impact felt behind the scenes, or perhaps under the hood. Think of the lithium batteries that power electric vehicles, the rise of hydrogen fuel cells, or renewables like solar and wind, which are becoming increasingly cost competitive. All of these themes represent vital components of a next-generation green energy economy that is more reliant on innovation and less dependent on fossil fuels. Learn how you can add these and other green investment themes to your portfolio at GlobalXETFs.com or ask your financial advisor. Want to invest in digital assets but find it all a bit complicated? There's actually a very easy way that you can invest in this new asset class. Simply choose the Bitwise 10 Crypto Index Fund, symbol BITW. It's the first and still the biggest crypto index fund. It owns the 10 largest digital assets and rebalances monthly, so you don't have to decide what to buy or when to rebalance. Bitwise does it all for you. At Bitwise, we want digital assets to be available to everyone, and that's why we work closely with individual investors like you, as well as financial advisors and institutions. At Bitwise, crypto is all we do. If you believe digital assets should be part of a diversified portfolio, take a look at the Bitwise Crypto 10 Index Fund, symbol BITW, available everywhere you get your investments. There are major risks to consider, including the loss of your entire investment. Before investing in crypto funds, visit bitwiseinvestments.com to learn about the risks with these investments. Well, that's all the time we've got on The Truth About Your Future this weekend. Remember, sign up for my new master classes free, Financial Planning in the Age of Longevity. It debuts Wednesday. Register now for free at thetruthayf.com. See you next week. Bye-bye. 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 I'm sorry, what? What part didn't you understand? The buh or the bye? Bye-bye. The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman has been brought to you by Bitwise, the world's largest crypto index fund manager. As crypto grows, Bitwise believes everyone should have a simple and familiar way to access it. Bitwise makes crypto clear. Bitwiseinvestments.com. And by Global X ETFs. For more than a decade, Global X ETFs has been dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions. Learn more at GlobalXETFs.com. And by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100. Invesco.com slash QQQ. 
Stay tuned for Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky from Edelman Financial Engines. EverydayWealth.com backslash radio. EFE and the truth about your future with Rick Edelman are unaffiliated entities. Get the truth about your future every weekend with Rick Edelman. It's the truth AYF.com. 